Are we talking about the dance or the show or both? Once again, we find ourselves in the thrall of I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This thing features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons, each who stares down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. The voice you're hearing is of me, the sound that I'm issuing forth. This is Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which reminds you that you may be entitled to compensation for damages from <laughs> such situations as the ones you may have encountered. And I will fight hard for you. Point to camera in demonstrative gesture in court until we win your case together. Wait a second. I may have just read the stage directions on that. That might have yes. been my mistake, Noah. I'm yeah. sorry. If, if you want more information, see his ad on the subway. Yeah, one of those things above your head. I'm also playing in sort of one of those staticky New York One ads, too, in between the weather. Uh, the weather. Right. Yeah, that's true. Bill has not gone to law. I mean, not that most of those lawyers have gone to law school. <laughs> yeah, that's not a threat. Not a danger Bill, there either. I got to tell you, Bill has not gone to law school. I, I, I don't know. Not every time I think of lawyers, but one thing that I was thinking the other day is Jerry Seinfeld used to have a bit about how if if life is a board game, lawyers are the only one who've read the inside of the box, you know, with the rules. So you know, uh, right nice, now, very Seinfeldian metaphor. HBO in or simile. It's Sunday night, nine o'clock slot of a prestige TV, as we've known it, Noah, for our adult lives. They're doing a Perry Mason series, which is set yes, in the days that the Perry that. Mason books, I think they were written in the early 30s, or they're set in the early 30s. Right. It's not Raymond Burr in the 80s. That's that's you know that's the continuing adventures, but the original Perry Mason's. Anyway. When, when he fights Godzilla, when Perry Mason fights Godzilla. I was, this, was, this predates that. Godzilla was just right. a glint in the Japanese's eye by that point. Right. But but apparently Perry Mason, in the, in the continuum of the books, never went to law school he went right from being a private what? investigator to passing the bar how about is that, that even is that legal yeah you don't need to go to law school you just need to pass the bar which he did he got a crash Seriously? course yeah well this All of right. course this isn't a book don't add this is not official this is just a fucking book did didn't abraham lincoln never go to law school you know a lot of people don't know this abraham lincoln did not have a right leg uh, you don't you, you don't ever know this because it's it's been history has fit yeah, history's erased that yeah history, Lincoln like didn't you, have a right when leg. you go to the, yes. the Lincoln Monument and he's got two yeah. legs that's a yeah, fucking that's lie it's a that's lie bullshit. also the fact that the fact that he was an ape is another lie of the the Lincoln Memorial. I've seen the I've seen there's a video that came around in 2000 well, it was a movie really at the end had an ape and and the thing yeah that doesn't I, that's, seem, what, that's yeah. what I'm referencing Bill it wasn't they, a documentary oh, was those it, was who don't know by the way. Oh, it's it's relevant to our topic this week. It's relevant to our topic this week. And so those who don't know, we're talking about in 2000, there was a um, a remake of, the first remake of Planet of the Apes. The original is one of my favorite movies ever by Tim Burton, who is relevant to our topic this week. And it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was terrible. Yeah, and, I wish I didn't agree with you, but it is, yeah. Yeah, and at, I'm spoiler, because don't waste your life watching it. At the end, there's a scene, there's time travel, and someone lands in the Lincoln Memorial, and Lincoln is an ape. And, like, I remember going, what? Like, what happened? Like, an ape freed the slaves? They like, just, what's going on? You know, on the here? producers, that, that has nothing to do with Burton. The producers just added that because he, yeah. he, like, thought of it during post. He's like, you know what we should right. do? This would be great. Abraham Lincoln, yes. I like that. That's um, more thinking than he put into it. Yeah. Abraham Lancelot Lincoln. Uh, April Winfrey? Right. Uh, is that a thing? They're all just people. Just your name is just Ape Scurry, and I'm Ape Tarno. It's just the first syllable of everyone's name is now Ape. Bono Bill okay. Scurry, Bono Bill Scurry, I believe. Bono Bono Bonobo Scurry. No, yeah. it doesn't work. Bill Scurry. Who knows? Does it matter? Uh, now? Bill Scurry up the tree like a monkey. Um. All right. So welcome to the show. I am your co-host. My I didn't go to law school either. My name is Noah Tarno. I'm the founder and senior quiz master of the big quiz thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And on this show, we take a look at what's happening in the world today, pop culture wise. But not the uh, show what's happening. That's a different thing. No, we don't. Well, if that comes back and becomes a topic of conversation, I'll oh be very God. happy. It could. What's it happening could. was actually, a, it was a pretty innovative show for its time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, lower middle class African-American kids. You didn't see them much on TV. Banging you know? theme Every song, man. Yeah, someone famous did that, right? Who did that? I don't know. It's a good question. Henry was... Mancini, I believe. Yeah, there was definitely Jerry Goldsmith, probably, speaking of Planet yeah. of the Apes. 
Anyway, those who don't know what's happening was a sitcom in the late 70s. This is the new thing, Bill. I'm going to add footnotes to every <laughs> people are they've been waiting every for Gen that. X reference we make. Anyway, it was a funny sitcom about black kids. Where were they? Philadelphia? Uh, again, I don't know what they know of the footnote. Somewhere. Anyway, it was funny. It was good. Uh, rerun. Reeve, uh, what was his name? Rerun. What was his yeah, name? Yeah, Rerun and Dwayne Wayne and Raj. Yeah, but what was Rerun's name? Uh, Runforth J. Uh, Runforth J. Yeah. yeah Washington, uh, the, the ninth. Witherspoon, the eighth. No, the actor was Fred Berry. Rest in peace. But what was Rerun uh, Berry Rerun? Freddie rerun stubs. There you okay. go. Very good. Uh, all right, never mind. So uh, we're talking about what's happening. We're not. We don't talk about what's happening now. <laughs> Either that or that the... was that was the sequel. Remember that syndicated only. Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, all right. So today our topic is a little twisted up, like a wiener package. It's a TV show. Oh, is my camera on again? Sorry. <laughs> good one uh it's a tv show it's a tiktok trend it's a song well, it's not really a song it's a dessert topping it's a floor wax it's a floor wax keep 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 the references that anyone other for under 40 doesn't understand <laughs> coming bill uh we are looking at there's a show on netflix called wednesday not to be confused with the 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 90s movie friday there is a TV show on Netflix right now called Wednesday, which is a spinoff slash reboot of the venerable Adams family property, which like Shrek started as a drawing and became an entertainment franchise. There was a sitcom in the 60s. There were movies in the 90s. There's been uh, animated movies since then, various entities. So Wednesday is a show on Netflix and it has birthed, bequeathed, begot a TikTok dance trend. So so tell us more, William. So as Noah laid some carpet down for this, uh, so everyone can hit the ground in a gentle fashion, uh, there's yes. a Tim, Tim Burton-produced Wednesday TV show on uh, Netflix, as we've talked about many a time on this yes. show. Yes, ne Netflix. Nepotism the, the, the people who send you DVDs in red... Yeah, they still they the still send you DVDs. You probably have a DVD. Right. They have the second one from Reds sitting on your uh, yeah. DVD player. It's still, right still there. You've had it out for six years. Yeah, right. Kelly's Heroes. It's sitting right there, yeah. waiting for you to watch. Yeah. So this is season one, episode four, which had aired just a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, as Noah said, you you guys all know that Charles Adams, uh, New Yorker cart New Yorker cartoon originated. Uh, property, which I believe was only 150 cartoons themselves, that was a big, it began in 1938. Um, that yeah. early, really? I, I was crazy. Yeah, to find that it was nuts. That's okay. true. So it was. I thought like, it was like right before the TV show. But okay. I was like 20 years old by the time the TV show okay. came about. You know, so yeah, you know, 20, the, 25. It was a different environment when they were looking for. You know, I don't think Bewitched popped up in the in the pages of Collier's. However, they were trying to like get these things. Or Be, Bewitched, Bewitched popped up in the pages of Playboy. Elizabeth Montgomery was smoking. Yeah, well, she could have. That's anyway, true. She could have been. Yeah. Uh, so the, the you know the, 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 this, you had a conceptual loop um, on this show. Again, Tim Burton produced it. The show was created by these two hacks named uh, what is it, Miles Millar and uh, Michael Goff or. Miles Goff and Matthew Millar. No, Miles Millar and Albert Goff. Alfred. Albert Alfred yeah. Goff. And they were, no, Michael Goff's the guy who played Alfred in the, yeah, Bat, in the Tim Burton Batman movies. It's all connected. It is all connected. Uh, but yeah. they, I believe, worked on Smallville. I believe that yeah, is they, their Yeah, they're the same hacks who created everything for all of time. It's just, it's one... <laughs> It's, it's you know it's like it's every TV show ever made. When you you breathe into a paper bag when you're trying to like cure hyper you know hyperventilation, you just it's the same people going in and out, in and out, and they, you just get one you know one one show after another. There's like two people made everything. It's ridiculous. Jesus. So for the point of this show, think of Wednesday Adams as uh, Veronica Mars. Um, she eh, essentially yeah. Yeah, essentially becomes a hard boiled detective at a place called the Nevermore Academy, trying to track down a monstrous killer predating on students and townsfolk. She's still, she's still a teenager though. She's a teenage, she's, it's Buffy meets Veronica Mars, meets Harry Potter. It's all sorts of things. It's so, yeah, there's so many things. It's so, oh, 
exactly. I don't want to tip my hand here. Bill is not a fan of this television program. Spoiler alert. I'm not sure too many people are, but we'll get to that. So the oh, show, a lot of people. Come on. It's they like, like the third they like most watched Netflix thing. show oh, in that, human history. That doesn't, yes. mean it's, doesn't mean people are fans. It just means that they fucking watched it. This means they need something playing in the background. Yeah, while they're, while they're, Wednesday happened while to come they're up. darning socks in a small house somewhere in Smurf Village. I don't know. <laughs> the show debuted on November 16th. <laughs> As Noah just said, it's doing baffling numbers for Netflix. Fucking baffling numbers. I don't find that bad. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Come on. No, the numbers are baffling. Irrespective of the quality of the show, the numbers are baffling. So, you know. Okay. But also, I, I let's find that baffling. It doesn't seem to defy the laws of physics. Man. But let's make sure that we, we specify that Netflix, you know, everything that Netflix makes, in, in spite of it being a publicly held company, they still don't re release data. They still don't publish. Really? Other than what they want, they they release you know proprietary data if it's salutary to their to their bottom line, to 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 boast in terms of things. But they don't like. There's no there's no such thing as a Nielsen where they can tell you here's where it stands upon network TV or some metric you might quite understand. Netflix is still playing in its own goddamn gas balloon that nobody understands what it means other than what they tell you. So, but for the point of the show. The dance sequence, Noah said, it, it achieved a virality, uh, which, uh, you know, and inside this dance scene, Wednesday Adams breaks out into a spontaneous routine set to the Cramps 1981 remake of the song Goo Goo Muck. It's very shoehorned in. She's at a dance yeah. in the fourth episode. And, it comes out and of all nowhere. of a sudden it cuts to her dancing with her date, doing this wacky kind of creepy dance to Goo Goo Muck, which is a wacky, creepy song. Appropriate. Who was the original 62? Uh, uh, some band I had never heard of. Yeah, it's weird. You know, uh, I, I I knew I knew the Cramp song. I didn't know it was a cover till I yeah. I read about this. Phenomenon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and this, the song and the, the the dance itself was completely choreographed by lead actor Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega is the one playing uh, Wednesday. And if we didn't, I mean, we we may go into this some ages, but you know, there there is essentially the, the the Adams family disappear in this is very minor supporting characters. Right. Catherine, they drop her off at school in the first episode. There's yeah. Gomez and Morticia. And Catherine Hugsley. Catherine Zeta Jones has been thought at a carbonite to play uh, Morticia <laughs> Adams. Uh, you haven't seen her in about thirty five years. And Louis Guzman is playing uh, Gomez yes. and his Gomez by the way looks so much more accurate to the cartoon Gomez more than Ro Ro Julie was great but his version Fucking John Aston was great John Aston was great but but Luis Guzman looks the part he looks like a small I, round sleepy-eyed maybe Gomez. maybe but I I liked Louis Gomez in the past and I think he sucks here I think he's they're I not, think he's phoning him with two yogurt cups and a string. I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> uh, the primary driver of this sensation has been TikTok, of course. It's all life on Earth radiates out in bathing waves from the holy altar of this Chinese-made and maintained social media apparatus. Right. However, for some reason, for some odd reason, the song of choice on all recombinant TikTok versions seems to be a sped-up version of Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary, which... Yes, a deep cut from her 2010 album. People just way. doing their own recreations of the Wednesday dance. Why spell? Not to Goo Goo Muck, but to Bloody Mary. Yeah. All right. So, Noah, tell me when I suggest this to you, I know your questions mm -hmm. were, what are we talking about again? What are is we talking this? about the show or the dance? Yeah. That and was we're talking about both, I guess we just. So, tell me. How, all right. So, how did the dance and what what what, is it, what feelings arose in you when this well, came? Well, I, I watched... I, I, as always, I half-assed it. I watched the first episode of the show and I watched the fourth episode that has the dance in it. Uh, I, having skipped the second and third episode, I was not lost. <laughs> and then I watched a bunch of the dance videos, homemade dance videos online and read a few articles about it. By the way, controversy, Bill, controversy alert. It was revealed that Ortega did that dance, filmed that dance while she was in the early stages of, of COVID. She sure. hadn't been diagnosed yet. But she knew she had it. No. But she was feeling something. And she said, oh, my God, it's amazing. Choreograph that. And I, was, I wasn't I was feeling good. Even more amazing. And people have criticized her about that. But I don't know. Welcome to 2022, right? Like, this shit's going to happen. I, I, Maybe it was a mistake on her part, but she's, what, 20? Like, I really don't think it's worth ganging up on her over that. But, uh, well, this show, you know, I'm not crazy about it. I think Jenna Ortega is pretty good. I think visually it's very appealing you know, Louis Guzman was disappointing. I think a lot of the acting is really bad. I think the characters are just almost all cliches. 
Um, although I thought at first I thought with this version of Wednesday, we were going to get like that woman in Yellowstone a few weeks ago, you know, the asshole who's not an asshole because they're right about everything. But they kind of surprised me with that. She's in a she, she challenges very boldly. She gets to school and challenges the fencing champion to a fencing match. And you're like, oh, of course, she's going to win. And she doesn't win. So it showed some humanness. She doesn't always win. She isn't always right. And I like that. So that was better than it could be. This has become a very hoary concept, the taking the old IP and modernizing it so it appeals to kids as well. We looked at Riverdale on the show several years ago, similar concept, The Riverdale's a lot darker. Also just going to the school for magic people is very Harry Potter, lightning thief, all, you know, I'm secretly this magical person. Uh, and I found it totally weird. And that's coming from my point of view. I like the Addams Family. I watched the Addams Family a lot as a kid. The 90s movies are, you know, all right. And I just think the Adams family is supposed to be wacky, you know, and crazy. And they live in this bizarre world and it just doesn't fit. Like, you know, Wednesday's supposed to be this kooky goth. Yeah, but she lives in kind of a semi-realistic world. So her like throwing deadly piranhas into a pool with guys she's trying to pick on just doesn't make her seem kooky. It makes her seem scary because she's living in a world where that is frightening and she, not wacky. That, that, that's a, she'd get arrested for that, sued for punitive yeah, damages. Yeah, I mean, she's like a murderer. She's not, she's wacky. No, she's a murderer. It's just so that the show kind of tonally, I think, doesn't know where it is. They also do this weird thing where they equate her being dark with her being a strident lefty. Like she sees people dressed as pilgrims. She's like, how do you feel representing people responsible for genocide? Like, I don't know, that seems a little gratuitous and not at all like appropriate. Uh, but whatever, the show's not for me. These coming of age shows with female protagonists, I'm glad they're out there. If it didn't have the Adams Family referent, it wouldn't bother me. Also, by the way, Adams Family character Thing is in there. The, the disembodied hand is like at school with her. So that's a nice touch. But again, it adds to the, the tonal weirdness that you're constantly reminded. It's a familiar, it's like, it's like Cruikshanks was for um, uh, Hermione. It's a, it's a familiar. It's, yeah, it, I, I have no idea what that means. I watched right. one movie and read one book and then forgot about both of them. Very good. Uh, in terms of the dance phenomenon, um, I mean, it's kind of fun. I like the dance. I thought the dance was entertaining in and of itself. I don't like that they took the cramp song off because I think that was a lot more interesting than the Lady Gaga song. But the dance is very one note. Like I watched a lot of videos of it and they almost all look the same. It's a beautiful young person, three quarters of the time, female, doing the same dance. So same song. So it doesn't feel as creative as some of the other wacky social media viral phenomenons we looked at. Um, and also just, you know, you Google Wednesday Dance Now and all the articles the last few days are how Lady Gaga made her own version. So it's more of this celebrity. Oh, it, it, here's the most important thing. Celebrities are doing it. And it's just the celebrity worship. Just, I, I think kind of undermines the point of it. It's like random average nobody's, you know, playing at celebrity themselves. So, you know, I mean, this dance phenomenon's a blip. It'll be gone in a few days. The show's fine. Not great. I'm not gonna watch it again. It's fine. So this is, this is, this gets a firm. Eh, from me. I found that I was reacting immoderately to this when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, you texted me thoughts that were not complimentary. Yeah, and the thing is, I can't blame the show for this. Uh, although the show is aggressively mediocre in the way all Netflix shows are to me. And, you know, I get, you may not agree with this. And I, that's fine. I could deal with that. But um, there, there is such a a flattening of televisual product with Netflix where now, uh, I mean, the things that we've looked at for the purposes of our podcast going back, we looked at Queen's Gambit, we looked at Bridgerton, we looked at Stranger Things, we looked at, um, Jesus, what this was is it? so much better than Bridgerton. Oh there, there's so many, yeah, but I'm saying, but there's, there's there are so many things that look exactly the same. Um, Sandman was the last thing we looked at. That was it. You know, and it's like Netflix makes something that doesn't that nobody asks for it and nobody asks for it in the way that they make it and they they make it in the way that the algorithm di dictates and look I, I, it's a roundabout way of saying this dance comes from some strange impersonal impulse because you know tim burton directed four episodes of this he produced it his name was on it he was going to do the adams family movie back in 1990 
Um, but he's still, yeah, he was also going to do an animated project like 10 years ago yeah. that he backed out of. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff makes sense. You know, Tim Burton likes to make, he likes to, he still positions himself as this all black clad weirdo who just, he does a, the spooky stuff, you know, he did yeah. Corpse Bride and you he know, did, yeah. You know, and the thing is, he, produced, that, he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. No, that's true. Henry that's Selleck like, directed it. People, he, people he produced it. Yeah. Tim Burton is not an accident that he gets credit for that, by the way. Tim Burton yeah, has yeah. been happy to to soak up credit for yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Fucking Henry Selleck, the most victimized man in Hollywood. Yeah, but but Tim Burton is instead a millionaire many, many times over who who's born and raised in Burbank and, you know, like tries to make himself seem like he's a gothy teenager, but he's just as big a part of the machine. It's such a, a, a cultural washout as anybody else who's lived in Hollywood since Jeez, he was like 20 hell. years old. Now, he's a fraud. He's a fucking fraud and has been for at least 25 oh my years now. God, I, hey, Batman Returns is awesome. After Batman Returns, actually, I would say- Batman after, Returns is awesome. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is fucking awesome. It's great, but you said the magic word in Planet of the Apes. You go to Turn of the, Turn of the Millennium, yeah, Planet, nothing yeah. he made after that is essential. I, and I will say this. Planet of the Apes, I pair in my head with uh, his version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The originals are two of my all-time favorite movies, and the remakes are both steaming piles of horse shit. And I remember after seeing his Charlie, a few years after I saw Apes, I went, fuck Tim Burton. He is ruined. Not ruined, because I'm not one of these people. You can go back and watch the old ones. Forget about him. But he has, he has insulted two of my favorite movies. So, yeah, I forgot. Thank you for reminding me that I hate Tim Burton. Thank you. Tim Burton made, you know, the only movie he made that got close to some of the original magic was was, um, was it Big Fish he made in uh, 2006 or 2007. That. It's okay, but it just it hits all the Tim Burton notes. And he did Dumbo and he did Mrs. He did Raven. Dumbo? When did he, he did do Dumbo? Dumbo? That was like 2015, 2016. He did the remake of Dumbo for Disney. Animated? Yeah, that no, was live, live action. action? Michael they Kate, actually Danny had DeVito. a fucking elephant flying around? Yeah, they really had a certain, they surgically painfully grafted big ears onto it. I did flew. not realize this. Dumbo is the answer to one of my favorite New York trivia questions. Which uh, Brooklyn neighborhood shares its name with a Disney animated film? Uh, that would be Vinegar Hill, of course. Vinegar, Vinegar yeah. Hill, that was that classic Fort, Fort Hamilton from 1938. Heights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, the dance Fort is Hamilton. fine. It's not Brooklyn. You know what? I, I think that um, uh, Jenna Ortega, I've seen her in a movie called, uh, she's been in a movie called X, which came out last year. It's a slasher film mm-hmm. by this guy named Ty West. She's she's a fine performer. She's been at it for a while. That was, really? No, he did The House of the House of Demons. The, devil, the House of the Satan. Devil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that good? X? I should see that. No, I didn't like X myself. Oh, never mind. Uh, she, wasn't, she, wasn't the, she wasn't the problem with it. Um, okay. You know, the thing is, is that in this show, in so much as you've watched it, she's doing an extended put on. Uh, she's doing an, an impression of Aubrey Plaza as, as April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. Now, I know that that oh, you, you can say that you can say that it's recombinant because Aubrey Plaza's whole thing has been doing an impression of Christina Ricci. So there's so who, by the way, is in this show unrecognizable. Yeah, but she, I didn't that realize is, that was her. That's a tip of the cap to the original to the yeah. original cast. Yeah. So there's well, not original. Lisa Loring is not in this. The six-year-old no, girl who plays Wednesday Adams in this. There's many different. And later married a porn star. There's many recombinant, you know, uh, ideas of creation that fit one thing into another. A Matryoshka doll of reference. So it's like, who's to say what? The dance is fine. Like you said, it's it's it, it happens in the middle of the episode. Um, I never, I really don't know anything about the cramps. The song is catchy in so much as it seems like the proper thing to put here, but the the rest yeah. of the the rest of the thing around it's a spooky it, dance song. It's perfect. It's a spooky that, dance song. That that it's Lux, absolutely perfect. That Lux interior yeah. per rockabilly sound yeah. sounds like it yeah. sounds like the right thing, but it, this isn't like the show around the dance isn't correct. It doesn't equal up to the dance in the middle of it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, th- there are a bunch of needle drops in the series. Um, the the music budget I can understand probably was very expensive, although it probably didn't cost a lot to license Google Mock from the Cramps. No, I, there, I guarantee you it would have cost them more to license Bloody Mary by Lady Gaga. When the sun goes down and the moon comes up, I turn into a teenage Google Mock. So why is Wednesday up in the heights of Bridgerton? And uh, why has this dance phenomenon in its form gone viral? Fuck me if I know. Back to you, Noah. <laughs> You're really going to leave it at that, Bill? I have no you idea. You planned that for days. I have no idea. I planned it for Come at least on. 10 hours. You have an idea. You know more I, than most people about I this don't. Garbage. You know what? This, this, this was like, I'm so disgusted by Netflix because Netflix... <laughs> 
is Netflix creates things by, you know, they look at it, an algorithm tells them what they need. They, they build things yeah. by, by statistical quandary. And but everyone does now. Everyone no, successful not, does. Not everybody. Not everybody. Every some, app does. Some of them do. But that's but you can, you know when you create TV by app, what you wind up getting is something that looks like this. Where this is the fucking X Men. This is you know all they did was put Wednesday Adams inside Hogwarts. They gave her psychic powers that look. I mean, yeah, that, that do, just do, feels. I'm really not gonna look. I'm not gonna complain that she's got psychic powers that it's somehow non canonical to the Adams family. What I'm saying is it's completely and wholly unoriginal. It is turning the Addams Family into another fucking comic book movie franchise. You want to do the X-Men? Fine, do the fucking X-Men. There are plenty of characters out there. There's a, there's an academy of gifted youngsters. The one turns to the wolf. The one's got psychic powers where she's got like right. touch cognition. Right. Th th yeah, that's called new mutants. There's the siren. Like, there's the, yeah. These things exist over and over yeah. again. With Every, yeah. It's yeah. so cliched. It's, it's so it's, worn it's, out. It is a cliche. It is a cliche at this point. So the thing is. Harry you, Potter, Lightning Thief. It's very if much, you, yes. If you drill down, if you drill down to this, it, what you wind up getting is it's it just it's just refashioned from fossils of stuff that's like yeah. seven, seven to 15 years old. Well, she, I think it, I think it started with Buffy to tell you the truth. I think uh, Buffy is the is well, the er the idea the idea of turning her into Veronica Mars, who Veronica Mars was a, a clipped, uh, taught speaking young teenager who was sort of fighting outside her weight class. Um, you know, a la that movie Brick that Ryan Johnson made, his first shot at it too, was the same thing. It was a hard boiled high school thing, and Veronica Mars. Right. Rob Thomas made Veronica Mars in that same thing. It's like, wow, isn't it weird? Rob, Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty. This, yeah, that's the same guy. Not just the yeah. not the the name Rob Thomas didn't can't possibly recur in two different people. I know. I, I know. I just I sorry. I'm a smart. Ass. <laughs> that's all right. But it's like to make her you you're making her into Veronica Mars, which people already saw. So that's a CW show. You got that checked off, and so she's in fucking Nevermore Academy, which is Professor X's school. You got that checked off. You know, all this bullshit that adds up. And the thing is, kids don't know what the fuck the Adams family is. It's like, so what if you have Morticia Adams? That doesn't mean anything to anybody. That's not true. The They've show. all seen the cartoon. They've all seen the cartoon. What cartoon? The animated movie from like five years ago. There's been like five of them. Was that a big thing? I haven't heard of it. Yes. We don't. The Adams family. Groove? Animated. No, not the Adams <laughs> <laughs> animated film 2019 my friend yeah did it cross over some it checked over some boxes uh, I, I pugsley was played by finn wolfhard of stranger things charlize theron was morticia oscar isaac the guy i met at a at a farm party once was gomez adams uncle fester's nick kroll chloe grace moretz was wednesday all-star cast by the way i read a description of this show wednesday as all-star cast i'm like there are two people i've heard of here this is not a three this is not an all-star cast adam's family 2019 i know my nieces watched it i think it was a hit a sequel was released in 2021 this shit just comes in i didn't know about dumbo it's, you didn't know about this goo, man all right so by the way uh, uh yeah this, this show was shot in bucharest um, yes romania yes. it was shot in bucharest because of course you can spend like 18 drachma on the entire show and it's like even cheaper <laughs> than shooting in, in atlanta which gets tax whoa, credits whoa. no i know they don't use the drachma in romania yeah, like, I whoa, so tough. okay go <laughs> I'm ahead just saying. i'm not googling drachmas but i mean it's like you know right. the, the fucking uh the queen's gambit was shot like in deep deep southern germany and they were trying to push all that stuff off as like you're in the heartland of America in 1960, but it's obvious that you're in fucking Germany because all the signs are written in kilometers, and they're blue instead of green. And I hate you're this in shit. the alternate U.S. where Jimmy Carter's plan to go metric. I hate on, this so. shit. I hate this shit. You know the fact oh. that they try to save a couple of dollars by shooting in the fucking oh, you know God. Carpathian Mountains, and it oh. looks it. And you know that's the one of the reasons why she was able to fucking dance during having COVID. Because what do you think the COVID restrictions were if you're working in fucking Sofia, Bulgaria? It's not about the what they want in Bulgaria. It's about what they mandate on the set. The, the set. The they can set. mandate whatever they want. They could. I'm, they probably. Probably every single person, every single extra in that thing was probably uh, vaccinated. And they were probably right? sick. I say at least a third of them probably got sick because she was hyperventilating right. on top of them after doing that fucking thing. Okay, dance. fine. Okay. Yeah. And they're all, all dead right. now. So and, why and is Jenna it Ortega's You tell me. Oh, man. Uh, look, I, I, I'm not going to say that most of what you say is wrong. The show's very familiar. It's very much formulaic. But... Get over yourself, man. This isn't like, you know, this isn't 
freaking a, a Bergman film. It's Netflix. It's supposed to be familiar. It's supposed to be comforting. It's supposed to be what you turn to after a stressful day in this fucking stressful world full of maniacs and losers and 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 traitors. I'm right nice here. To, I can hear everything you say. So it fills the formula: the coming of age story, the detective girl, the spooky girl, the school, the the normies they call them versus you know the normies, aka the muggles from Harry Potter versus the special kids. I mean, I do like they're in the world where it's not a secret that they're weird. People are just, oh, you're the weirdos. We don't want anything to do with you. I kind of thought that was nice. Um, anyway, but we're talking about why. So it's familiar. It serves that purpose. And also, like, the coming-of-age girl hero is something that never happened on TV till 20 years ago. So, you know, suck it up, incel. Like, there's going to be a lot of that. And just don't watch, okay? You hear me, Bill? <laughs> uh in terms of the dance, you know, people are bored. They want to perform. Everyone wants to be a star. I don't think there's much to this dance, but, you know, people want to put themselves out there and perform and show off and get physical and share their thing with the world. And this is an easy, funny, wacky way to do it. Jump on the bandwagon, feel like you belong. Low bar of entry. And I'll tell you something else. We'll get to more into this in a bit. I I am ashamed to say that Jenna Ortega is 20 years old, but watching the dance, I kind of thought the dance was kind of sexy. So I think a I, lot can't, of people- It can't be an accident. I mean, that, that's- that's No, it's not. No, would you have liked this thing as a kid? I might've liked the show more because these kinds of shows would be my lingua franca. They would be very familiar. Um. But I think the dance I would definitely have liked because I was, I always wanted to perform. And frankly, one of the main frustrations I felt in my childhood was lacking opportunities to perform, right? Uh, there wasn't any theater in my school till I got to high school. There wasn't theater to speak of at my summer camp till I was in middle school. Um, you know, I was looking for opportunities to perform. I would want to put on skits in my room to nobody. And if social media had existed, I definitely would have tried to be some kind of viral star. And I, I had rhythm. Dancing was one of the few things I could do as a kid, but I didn't have many opportunities. I, I you know, I've said this before. I have no question you would have been good at all those things if you'd gotten this, if you'd gotten a start. Maybe a native environment for you. Well, thank you. So I like to imagine I would have made, yeah, you know, I would have made my version of all these stupid phenomena we talk about. But this, I actually think I would have enjoyed more because I don't know. I think Google Muck's a better song, but like I said, I like the dance, and I was. I, I I was, uh, I mean, some of these videos, it's men doing it, it's boys doing it, you know, some of them, whatever, but uh, yeah, I would have leaned into it and had a good time with it and maybe, you know, maybe really felt, found it satisfying. So yeah, I, I, I would have, the show, whatever, uh, the dance for sure. And maybe this is why I'm having such a, a, a huge antipathy to this because um, if I was a kid, you know, there there almost was no larger brand, perhaps Cobra Commander and Transformers, but Tim Burton, for all the reasons you stated at the top of the show, was just about the biggest thing. He was one of the first creators I understood was a creator. Yes, I, I remember being making a point. I had seen all four of his movies, I remember, right? Yeah. I'd seen Pee-wee, Edward Scissorhands, Batman, and what's the fourth? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, thank you. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was like that was an, 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 a... A weird-looking, non-formalized, unstandard, irregular message that seemed to have escaped into Hollywood. Very shaggy things that did not fit the mold of family programming. You know, like the woman in fucking Beetlejuice has got smoke coming out of a suicide hole in her neck as she's intaking the case of uh, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. You know, when they're trying to say we should go back to the living, the land of the living. And the woman's smoking and there's fucking cigarette smoke because she cut her own throat. And it's like, that's exactly what you wanted to see. This stuff works and it was weird. Tim Burton was an incredible draw when I was 13 years old. He was as big a draw as you can possibly imagine. There was a magic touch. You know, I love Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I love all those things. And when he came out to Batman, Batman spun the world on its axis. It changed it in 1989. It did things that you can't imagine to, to the studio tentpole. It was the birth of the modern summer action film, the way mm -hmm. we know them now in its primordial mm -hmm. form. It was a gigantic gamble 
They paid Nicholson too much to do it. They gave him too many yeah. points off the back end. You know, all that stuff that everybody knows about the making of Batman. And it was like Tim Burton was at the center of it. This guy who looked like he was about 18 years old wearing a giant you know, a giant trench coat and a huge shock of black hair was in over his head. The guy yeah. who made fucking Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which is a movie he wrote to like glorious success like a Viking. And yeah, the thing is, I, I would watch this. If you put the same exact show in front of me when I was 13, I'd probably be sitting here evangelizing. Really? Probably. Uh, no, I'm not saying it's, it's definitely not the same thing, but I think that I was so Kool-Aided out on it. I think that I would have taken mediocre, mediocre product of Tim Burton and it would have been like if, if it was juxtaposed between Beetlejuice and Batman, that we did a TV show in like 1988 or I don't know when, when it would have fit in. You, you see what I'm saying? But it's How like, sanded down would that have been? Well, if it was then, it would have been if it was Touchstone or something that actually allowed stuff made for different audiences. It could they didn't have four quadrant entertainment back then, right? Yeah, no, it could have been on you know some but random. Cable again, that's an, I'm I'm fully owning this. It's like even if you take this this particular thing with all its X Men notes and all its Percy Jackson notes and give the t- give it, given it to me then. I bet you I would have loved it simply because it would have been part of this package. I would have extolled its strengths and played down its weaknesses because of the Tim Burton thing. Now, the thing is, Tim Burton doesn't have that kind of cachet anymore. People don't look at him as a brand unless you're a goth or somebody who loved animation or the the fact that he, well, came, yeah. he came up traditional. You know, he was a Disney animator through the early 80s. But I think, he stayed with it. He did Coraline and Corpse Bride and all but, that stuff. and. Right, right, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he did Frank and Weenie. He he finally took Frank that and Weenie out. That was his first film. But he that remade his... it. He remade it just a he couple years it. ago. Remade it. That's right. This would have been something that I think I I would have loved near and dear. And you know, I don't know if there are too many topics that kind of pull a hand out of the past and kind of grab me by the lapels as much as talking about Burton does because of what really? Bur- because of what Burton meant and how significant his first. So- his first four movies, you know, just as you he said. really betrayed you. Then I mean, he really stabbed you in the back. It sounds uh, like you're saying he did it over time, but he personally, you, know, but you he loved. Did. I did right. You loved him, and now you despise it. Yeah, right? yeah, but I'm not. That's I'm really not, sad. I'm not alone. Really yet, sad, yeah. Bill. It is my favorite note about Tim Burton directing Batman, and I. So those of you who know how big a nerd I am. I wrote my thesis in college about Batman, the history of the character. And this is the late 90s, so the world was very different for superheroes and entertainment. The world was very different from Batman. And when I reread my thesis 10 years ago, I couldn't believe this quote. And this is true. So if you those who remember when Batman came out in 1989, it was, oh, my God, everyone remember Batman from the 60s. Batman's a clown. It's a dark Batman. It's a new Batman. It's different. Anyway, uh, comic fans are very, no one gave a shit what comic fans thought. Comic fans were very defensive. And they were upset when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. Because like, what, Mr. Mom playing Batman? You need someone dark and serious. And Burton said, when comic fans are upset and signed a petition saying, take Michael Keaton off it, Burton said, this is a big Hollywood movie. It is too big to care what comic book readers think. Now, can you imagine if someone making a superhero movie now said that they would be, they would be forced to leave a project? They would get death threats. I actually felt really insecure about this. I choreographed that myself, and I think it's very obvious that I'm not a dancer. Is the success of Wednesday, the Netflixian televisual entity, and the phenomenon of the Wednesday dance, Bloody Mary, non-Goo Muck, TikTokified, Instagram visiting dance thing, are any of those things uh, signs of the apocalypse? Uh, taken all together, yes. You know, I, again, I think Jenna Ortega is uh, a star of tomorrow, today. Um, I kind of like what she's going to do. Uh, I think she's, she's, you know, I mean, she's a showbiz kid. From what I understand is that she didn't have really like a childhood because she was growing in a Petri dish to just star in TV shows and things like that. She was a Disney Channel kid. But still, it's like she seems to be in the right place. It looks like she's in a better position than probably people of previous generations uh, were, you know, again, referring back to Christina Ricci, who I think had a really rough go of it. She was also a showbiz kid and she had all sorts of issues with uh, creepy sexuality and weight problems and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. what she should and should not do and what, you know, what, what, you know, I, whatever. It's, it's, it's a r- tough road to hoe. I don't, I don't wish anybody to go for it, but if they do, I, I wish them success. But I mean, beyond that, the, the, um, the idea of the show from Netflix 
I just think of this as that this is among the, the final few nails being driven to the coffin lid of serialized entertainment by Netflix. Jesus, man. Come Listen, on. Listen, man. You know what? You, the viral moments on this stuff lead the way. And if they weren't already paying attention when Kate Bush crossed over with Running Up That Hill, and if the Duffer Brothers knew that when they were making uh, Stranger Things season 50 or whatever it was, Netflix now knows, oh, so what we have to do is take over every two or three months with some gigantic world-beating thing that's going to make our show not just a numbers hit, but it's going to wind up crossing over. And they, they are going to start, it's, it gets so incrementally, infinitesimally data-driven that they're going to start thinking, well, what song can we pull out now? What can we pair this with? How can we make a, a gestalt? You know, look, I'm already so fucking tired of watching these series like Queen's Gambit and, and, and Bridgerton and this, this bullshit. Which so first, don't watch them. I'm not watching them. But the thing is, everybody Jesus, else is. Man. It affects everything else. It's the tail. That, it's the tail. What is it, the, the long tail? Whatever they call that. Uh, that, that, that no, that's uh, not what the long tail means. All right, whatever the thing. Look, I don't know. I don't know anything. The problem is, is that these things flatten the look of serialized storytelling. The photography, the lighting, everything is so. This is what people think entertainment looks like. It's like, it's like going back, and if you looked at the lighting of the Dick Van Dyke show, or uh, fucking the, uh, uh, All in the Family. Great shows, great shows. But the thing is, they were shot with studio lighting overhead. They created an environment to be able to do multi-cam stuff. I get it. But the thing is, it's not cinematic. It is a terrible atmosphere. It, or at least it's a uniform atmosphere that kind of kills the art in so much as it's been going on for a while. So the thing is, this is serialized storytelling now in almost like 100% green screened atmosphere the fucking English actors using American accents. I mean, I'm hacking at things that I bitched at all along the way. Yeah. This is shot yeah. in fucking, uh, you know, Atlanta, Romania. For and it's supposed to be Vermont or something. Yeah, for tax breaks. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, this the fiasco. Yeah. This whole fiasco is just exists to drive subscriber numbers, you know, according to what a well, fucking algorithm Welcome dictates. to show business. I mean. I know, but it's like. What do you yeah. want them to do? Be, be feeding the poor? I mean, oh, it's, a, no, it's Netflix, what's, dude. The, they should feed the They should, yes, they should feed the poor. Okay, here's the thing. You know, what's the central irony to all this? What's the central irony to this? Netflix is still not profitable. Granted, none of yeah, well, none that of, I don't understand. None of the other fan companies, with the exception of what Apple and and uh, Netscape Navigator, I guess, yeah, are somehow. Yeah. Uh, they, I they, don't under that shows you how bad a businessman is. I don't understand how you stay in business if you're not profitable. Netflix is not profitable. I'm Netflix, barely profitable, and I'm barely holding on. Netflix owns this thing. Ted Sarandos and and Reed Hastings own the fucking conversation. They they have these guys doing this thing. They crush the world. They get the the numbers. It's like the, it makes the fucking mash finale look like. Like, you know, a Super Bowl commercial or something like that. It's crazy. And me meanwhile... Well, I don't it, think that's what you mean. I think you mean it makes the mash finale look small. It makes the mash finale look like a public... Uh, yeah, right, like, public. A, like a public access show. Yeah, public access show. Okay, right. better, better, better analogy, exactly. You you were, you were saying it makes something that a ton of people watch look like something else a ton of people watch. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you. Sorry, I'm nitpicking. That, that's, that, it all gets to a point. That's what I'm saying. This is the sign of the apocalypse. You yeah. guys do analyze together and that's what my... Hypothesis here is all right. You're a negative dude. Uh, look, I, it might be a sign. You you get into the film as always with movies, TV, a lot of things. You get into the filmic aspects that I can't speak to as much. Though I will tell you all, I told Bill this last night. I rewatched first time since college. Um, uh, uh, the Seventh Seal, and that is one hell of a fucking motion picture. So film nerds. That's a, that's a Disney that. film, right? About a zoo and that's it's like a, a little Disney. seal, a, right? I, I, no, seven seal. Right. Or I want to see, I want to see Disney's version of a knight playing chess with death and all that. Uh, look, Seth Rogen is the knight. Yeah, it might be the apocalypse because uh, you know everything is IP and you can't make a new idea. And oh, I have a show about a detective girl. Like, well, we can't put that on the air. But if you make a detective girl, someone people remember from you know six previous movies and a TV show whose theme song has been an earworm for half the population for 50 years, then we'll consider it, right? It's everything needs a reference. Nothing is new. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, and then the the getting to the dance, the celebrity worship thing, the fact that, oh, and Lady Gaga got in it. You know, like that's, I told you, most powerful force in show business, celebrity. Hey, I know that person is more powerful than, hey, I like it. I'm exaggerating, but it feels that way sometimes. Not but by much, you're not. I'd say it's not the apocalypse for a few years. There's one thing I forgot to mention is I was speaking to a friend last night, and she really enjoys the show. And she said what she likes about it 
and I think this is what people like about a lot of mystery and even some true crime stuff is that it, the world feels simple and low stakes compared to the world we live in. Yes, there's drama, there's conflict, there's mystery, there's danger, but it's danger. First of all, it's fictional, so you can leave it. It's danger in a world where there's no COVID, there's no environmental collapse, there's no, you know, mega traders, there's none of these, and there's no, you know, the day to day things that the individual person stresses about and has to deal with. It, she, that's literally what she said. It's a simple world, and she likes that. So that provides a service. Um, in terms of the dance, I definitely think this is not, I mean, if it lasts forever and people never shut up about it, then fine, it'll be a problem. But if it goes away in three days, as I expect it will, it's interactive entertainment. It's not people just sitting there. You know, this is what they said what the problem was with TV when we were kids. It's passive. You're sitting there. Well, entertainment, social media makes, one of the good things about social media is it makes entertainment more interactive. It's about participating with it. Think about when we were kids. Everyone loved happy days. Everyone knew happy days. They talked about happy days. If you were a fan of happy days, how did you interact with happy days? You, you told your friend to sit on it. That's about it, right? No one was making videos and skits about happy days. You know what I did? I tried to turn a jukebox on by elbowing it. I banged it with my fist and it didn't turn on. Yeah. Uh, You know, so like this idea that like, it's not just watching a show, it's embodying a show. It's putting it out there. It's getting off your ass. It's creating something. It's living fucking life. And I think that's one of the positive things about entertainment today. It's one of the positive things about social media. And even though this is a real one note phenomenon, you know, it's uh, it, it gets people doing something more than just watching and accepting. And that's partly why I think you're too harsh on this stuff. Yeah, these shows might not be innovative or whatever, but it's not so much about the art doesn't end where the show ends. The art is just inspiration for the world. This is really a show about exploring her journey into adulthood. Noah, let's hit the uh, jealousy aspect of this. Uh, where do you think you fall upon that? Uh, well, you know, like my friend said, the world is simpler on the show, so I'm jealous of that, but no one lives in this world. It's fictional. I mean, I'm a little jealous. The dance looks like fun. I wish, like I said, I wish I would have been into this. I would have done the performing thing, and I wish there were these opportunities when I was a kid. You know, I wish there was a way to reenact the Fonzie jumping over the shark on water skis thing to share with the world when I was a kid, but there wasn't. Um, I wish, you know, I could do a wacky dance, the different strokes theme that the world would have accepted, but there wasn't. So yeah, I guess I'm, I'm jealous of that. I think I'm only jealous probably of Jenna Ortega. Um, not of the thing itself, not of the people who are doing it, but this is a, a person who, you know, again, she had very little profile amongst anyone our age because we weren't watching Disney Channel shows. And that's the sort of thing that she came up doing. Uh, she's made quite a bit for herself at 20 years of age. You know, and I think it's the fact that we're talking about this dance and that she's the one who choreographed it. And she's the spokesperson for the show now, essentially the proxy face of it. Um, you know, on the other hand, one of the aspects... You know, when we talk about her having COVID, apparently, you know, which has been described as kind of a wacky aspect of it. But I mean, if you really think about it, she was she was sick and then she showed up. It's not really like a baller metal thing to go to work when you have COVID, even though we still do give a lot of people, you know, we, we pat, slap people on the back if they play through the pain, as it were. That's definitely an American uh, tradition. But at the same time, uh, I read so this is not my thought originally, but Jenna Ortega had no power to push back. And say, you know what? We can't shoot today. If she if she had wanted to do that, which she probably should have, she was feeling terrible. She got up and said, we're going to do this today. And it's rigorous. And it's probably one of the most demanding days of this entire shoot. And I feel like fucking shit. She said she felt like she had a, a rat stuck in her throat. Because that's how bad her, her, you know, her, her throat had been inflamed by COVID. And, you know, she was on the, uh, what do they call it? The grind set. There was this idea of the grind culture that you just go out there and do it. You don't take a day off and... She doesn't have the power. It's a 20-year-old person, especially a female person, to say no, other than working in fucking Riga, Latvia, while pump full of Pax Lovid. Um, so maybe I'm not that jealous of her, because if she can't push back as the centerpiece of the show, then who the fuck can tell Netflix no? All right, Noah, that brings to the, us to the fallopian scale uh, on the axis of... Um, 
Burns from sulfuric acid, uh, Jimmy Fallon, or the bubonic plague. The worst things that happen <laughs> to a human body. Uh, where does this fall on the uh, on that scale? All right, so I referenced Riverdale. You know, Riverdale's a lot darker than this. I also think this is better than Riverdale. So I said Riverdale plus Yellowstone, which also kind of sucks. But to give it something a little lighter and a little more innovative, and I'm talking about the TV show here. So it's Riverdale plus Yellowstone times Kevin can fuck himself, but it's not quite that good. So then minus 50, right? Riverdale plus Yellowstone times Kevin can fuck himself minus 50. However, the dance, uh, recent dance, people making viral videos, we don't talk about Bruno, minus the shoot. Minus the shoot. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. You understand that? I do. Yeah. yeah. No, I did the math. I have a team. The pack, the uh, Univax machine behind me has punched out some cards that have explained to me what your computations mean. I appreciate that. Well, I'm I'm going to say, you know what? The, the dance too. Um, I'm not going to knock Ortega's hustle. She came up with it. It's not the greatest dance in the world. You know, it's somewhere um, you know among what you say, I think is, is very accurate. But in terms of being uncharitable and unfair to Ortega and the pieces of the show itself that may work. This, to me, dropped to the bottom uh, like a lead fishing lure snipped off a pole at the deepest part of a black, cold lake somewhere in the middle of Minnesota on a freezing February morning. And so it's akin to Lana Del Rey to me. I'm going to put my... Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I have to... I have to it's just, I've got to make an example of it, Noah. I have to make an example of a Netflix show and what I think it's doing, how it's sort of tainting and per, you know per, perverting the idea of televisual entertainment, making a environment where we get Marvel Comics movies that are all shot in gray rain at the end and have absolutely, you know, unreadable action sequences like some of the things in Black Adam, which is not a Marvel show. But I think all this stuff winds up becoming a gigantic ball of wax that changes the way people interact with entertainment. It's, you know, it's, it's, this is not weird to say, but when you have a prevailing notion, it can elevate or change or diminish the way people look at things that are filmed. You know, the way Citizen Kane introduces things into into the lexicon. What David Lynch did for filmmaking, he goes all the way out to the edge, but it, it moves the window out further with him. And I think when you make stuff, this is immensely entertaining. This is immensely popular. This is immensely profitable to somebody, not to Netflix, but... All you can do is hope to emulate this and you will win. And it's like, this is exactly what you should not go about emulating. Do not hire the people who made Wednesday. Do not ask Tim Burton to do anything. Do not go down the same road of algorithmic, algorithmically invented television shows for the purpose of creating motions, uh, movements on TikTok. Do something else. And that's why this just strikes me as a horrific idea. Wow, you're dark. All right, let's take it home. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys, if you'd like how positive we keep it on the show, uh, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher for uh, previous episodes, like uh, 240 almost, I believe, at this point. Tweet to us at Show. Write to us, it at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators. Uh, like begets like. That's how the heat goes, and, and, and it'll lead more people to us in the end, and that helps you out, too, because the checks will keep coming to you guys. I am on Twitter, at William Scurry. My video content is on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar. And here's this Noah guy. He'll be saying things. I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com, the finest in corporate and private trivia events, nationwide, worldwide, virtual, in-person, hybrid, you name it. Check us out at bigquizthing.com. Okay, everybody. So until they greenlit the I Don't Get It Netflix series and or you see the I Don't Get It TikTok dance challenge, whichever one of those ridiculous possibilities is the most likely. We, we don't, don't get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.